I kind of got this feeling I'll fail. I won't fail, but unless we actually experience the fruit tonight, we'll just know about it. So I'm kind of hoping the Lord will give us a taste of something that we're talking about so we actually get it rather than know about it. Can you trust with me for that? It's a fruit of the Holy Spirit, so the Holy Spirit looses his fruits into us. And uh, when Victoria was reading, um, this sudden memory came to my head, which uh, she was talking about, don't be agitated and whatever the other one was, troubled, uh, disturbed, or whatever other word. And I, I had this flashback suddenly of, we, we went, a few years ago, we went to Venezuela and um, it took about 25 hours to get there. It was like one of those enormous journeys of just forever trying to get to the country. And when we got there, um, we had to wait for a small plane to take us right across Venezuela to the other side. And it must be nearly midnight by then. And we set off at, I don't know, five in the morning here and um, longer than earlier than that. Anyways, we got on this little small plane and as we took off at about 11 o'clock at night, the most horrendous thunderstorm broke out as we went over the mountains. And have any of you been in a plane where you're absolutely convinced that the wings are going to break off? It's got to happen because the way they're bending isn't normal for any engineering structure. And so we're in this plane and if you've been... If you've been in a storm, severe storm in a plane, you honestly, and people were, you know, leaping up and down, screaming, burying their heads in their arms, and this thunderstorm just would not stop. And the scheduled flight was 50 minutes. And I always remember, after about an hour and a half, I was convinced either the pilot had been taken out or he he just didn't want to even try landing until the fuel ran out or something. It was just... The whole, I'm not kidding, the whole plane just lurched and lurched and sank and went up and more lightning. And, I, and the last thing I can tell you in the world is that I was deeply at peace. I wish I could say this great testimony. You know, I, I was overwhelmed with peace as everybody else screamed. I didn't scream, but I, I thought either I find the loo or something, but it was, it was just horrendous. And, you know, when you finally land, you kind of think, and I did say, Jesus, 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 that's my best shot. Jesus, Jesus, help me, help me. I want to live. I've got these prophecies. Don't let me die. I want to live. Sort of all the way through. And, and, then, and then we landed. And this was I mean, these were like one of these terrible dreams where then we set off on a long car journey. You can imagine the sequence now um, to get to where we we're going to stay. And about two in the morning, we, uh, this great tanker of a lorry had crashed on this road. And so suddenly we're stood in two o'clock in the morning. I don't know where we were waiting for some huge you know, rescue lorry to come along. All of that's, that's a great story, isn't it? I mean, that's not exactly a testimony, but that's when I was agitated, but found peace in the end. So, um, so we're looking at this thing of peace, and um, I'm trying to think what it is that we're meant to receive tonight. It, it can't be an absence of conflict. That's not peace, is it? It's not absence of conflict. It's, you get a picture of everybody sat around cross-legged, sort of just spaced out into a deep meditation, but completely empty inside. That, that can't be peace. You know, I'm, I'm sorry, but this deeply troubled world is trying endless ways to find peace right now by getting into zones where they think if they just sit still, zone out, and please, I'm not criticizing anything, but that is not the peace this is talking about, is it? It's just not, not that at all. 
And I come to the conclusion that the peace we're talking about is to do with my relationship with a person, not my ability to try and stay still in a turbulent world. Does that make sense? Because the whole nature of the world is all... The word peace is about harmonious relationship restored. It's good, isn't it? A harmonious relationship is restored. And that's what brings this mysterious thing called peace. Jesus said this. He said the kingdom... No, Paul said it actually, but anyway, it's in the Bible. Uh, Paul said it. He said, you know, the kingdom of heaven is not about eating and drinking. Do you remember? It's about what? Righteousness. Peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. And so there's a sequence there which takes me from, I get a righteousness back that leaves me clear with God. And that brings a peace that allows joy to break out. That's the real essence of the kingdom. Uh, how many of you long for a whole load more peace at the center of your heart? You know, it's like, it must be our longing, mustn't it? And so, so I, I think what Victoria just read out now is absolutely key because I, I want to suggest to you that the only way we're going to find the kind of peace the Bible's talking about is if we're truly reconciled to a father who thinks the world of us. How about that? Do you think that's okay for real peace? We're truly reconciled to a father who thinks the world of us. There's a verse in Romans 5.1, it says this, it says, Since therefore we've been justified through faith, justified being made right, what happens? We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. So the only way, am I allowed to come down here? I feel a bit kind of like propped up. The only way we can find this incredible harmonious center inside is somehow we've discovered a father who thinks the world of us night and day. And that's the whole passage Victoria read out. She talked about this abiding sense of I've found home at last. Please hear me. It's not about stillness only because stillness can still cause your heart to be troubled. But when uh, I love the... Uh, how many of you remember the ironic? Ironic, does that sound good? Blessing in, in, in Leviticus uh, number six. Yeah. And this is what it says. Listen. It says the Lord... Turn his face towards you and give you peace. What, is it, what does that mean? Well, it means, you know, you know the psalmist says, don't, please don't hide your face from me because the face of this Father in heaven is everything to do with your deep sense of belonging and centeredness in him. So when it says the Lord turn his face towards you, why is when he turns his face towards you, do you get peace? Why is that? Think about it. I mean, if he was angry or moody or wished you'd do better, I wouldn't give me peace, would it? It'd be like a head, head teacher. I'm sorry. I, at, I just looked at a teacher as I said that. I didn't mean to. It, it'd be like, you know, if a head teacher kind of like isn't a bit moody, you don't think, oh, I'm so at peace when you're around head teacher, do you? You don't think that way. But the, the, the ironic, ironic blessing was saying, the Lord turned his face towards you and you know what you're going to find a deep sense of peace inside because only his face in the Old Testament this is can cause that sinking in of uh, why? well because his face is saying I absolutely accept you forever you belong to me my affection is set on you 
and forevermore you can be at home with me. Does that make sense? I'm just trying to toy around with it for a minute. I can't, everybody can give a talk on peace. I'm, I'm kind of hoping, Holy Spirit, please flood us with peace. But I tell you this, when his face shines on me, something goes on inside me like nothing else will do it. Even if I sit with my legs crossed for 24 hours, it will not be the same as his face. I'm sorry, do you understand what I mean, don't you? It won't be the same as his face. And how much more, if that's the Old Testament, when we get to the New Testament, do we find the full, I don't know, expression of his loving, fatherly kindness set towards you and me night and day, where he says, I'll never turn my face away from you, because I will never leave you or forsake you. Isn't that an amazing blessing? We could play, pray that tonight. Hmm? Because when he turns his face, it means it's for good. It's, it's his acceptance. I spent half my Christian life struggling with the feeling of I'm not sure I am accepted. Because I'm just not sure I've done well enough. Did you ever get that feeling? Just not sure I've really met the grade. So I finally kind of, you know what, I can't live like that. I either totally accept his forgiveness and his love and his face shining on me. Or I, I can't do this funny in-between game. I want to suggest to you, only his face can allow you to live in this troubled world with a deep sense of peace. You know the Old Testament word is um, shalom. And uh, we were, Sue and I were in Israel last year, and you kind of hit me, oh, hi, shalom, shalom. And you think, yeah, that's good, but it's a very profound word. Shalom means a deep sense of wholeness, completeness, and relationship with him. How many figure the world's getting quite a troubled place? It doesn't take a prophet to tell us, does it? I mean, I mean, when she read that phrase, you know, agitated and disturbed, my cry is, God, I'd like to be so flooded with the Holy Spirit's peace that I'm very attractive to a very troubled world. And isn't it funny, the ironic blessing, by the way, was given to a people, guess where they were about to go? They were about to go into the promised land and make war. So that's interesting, isn't it? The Lord turned his face towards you and give you peace. And by the way, you're going to go and start fighting in you know, all the ites in, in the promised land. You, you're, going to, you're going to go to war. The Lord turned his face towards you and give you... What, what's that about? It means this, is that every single episode or escapade he's called us to do into the world, we're always meant to go from a place of peace, even if it's on a war footing to get into the enemy's camp. Does that make sense? So peace isn't about me, you know, just soaking all day long. I like soaking, because I fall asleep a lot. But it isn't about, ah. Oh. It is about a deep sense of where I belong has been so established that if I'm called to go to war, I'm doing it from a place of peace, not from a place of agitation. The other thing I noticed about Victoria's scripture, did you notice it? I won't leave you as orphans. Did you notice that scripture? I have to be honest with you, because you all look very mature here, I have to be honest with you, half my life also had an orphaned heart inside me, which went, when things went wrong, I became very agitated. What am I going to do? What am I going to do? This has happened. Because I had no sense of his face as a father turned towards me saying, 
I will look after you. I'll, I'll, everything you need. I had no sense of that. So I had to learn. It's taken me a long time. Um, last week I went to a, a, a particular appointment. And in the appointment I found I was suddenly overwhelmed with fear. And uh, I don't really ever get this where suddenly you kind of a whole boat is rocked for a minute. And please don't say what was it because it's none of your business. But I'm just being honest. We have time, things happen, don't they? Storms come. You know, things happen. And I, I'm kind of... I, you get that awful sense inside that everything's unraveling suddenly and all your mind is flung everywhere and you're thinking about this and this and this. And I've had it several times and I, I, I found I had to pull myself back from agitation quickly and recover my homeness in Him and say, Abba... This is my place of peace, is in this connection with you, that I can trust you, despite what they've just been saying. Does, does that make sense? Do you ever, you ever get those things where you, you're like, oh my goodness, that can happen everywhere. And that, can we just get up that scripture again, Peter, at the end of John 14? I, I don't remember the verses, but they're good verses. Uh, John 14, 26, 27 maybe? Here we go, look. Um... So Jesus is saying this, look down the bottom there, maybe we can just go a bit further. Peace I leave with you, my perfect peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give. Well, what does the world give? Huh? Anxiety? Go on, tell it. talk to me. I'm just nervous. Talk to me. Huh? Stress? Anybody else? Shout? Pain? Anything else? Depression? Distress? Oh, speed, sorry. I, yeah, thank you. <laughs> sorry. Do you, do you understand? We could, the world just kind of like backs its truck up, doesn't it, with anxiety. Like, like just fills your bag with every possible opportunity for anxiety. And Jesus comes along and says, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. Not as a, do not let your heart be troubled or afraid. Do you ever say, Jesus, it's okay for you. You don't understand what my life is about. You can't just say, don't let your heart be troubled. Do you understand what I'm thinking? I'm, and you have a kind of, how am I going to cope with this? And this is happening, and this is weak, and that's all. And you have this kind of agitated feeling inside. And he says, it's like, he kind of, he said, I'm, I'm going to give you my peace. Here it comes from my Holy Spirit and you're going to learn to live in a place of peace where even when a storm comes like last week for me it was a bit of a storm it may rock you but you know where to go to find your way back to peace rather than down the worry corridor that only gets worse wouldn't it be amazing if we got this all in the bag here wouldn't it how many of you think do not let your heart be troubled or afraid Please hear me. The ho- I, I, I went to the gym this week. No, it's, where are we now? Yesterday. It's not a gym any of you go to because it's a, a gym for maturer people. <clears throat> and, and I went to the gym and I'm, I'm just upstairs and we have a lot of banter. It's quite a lot of fun there and I like it because I just like banter. And, and I'm sat with a guy. Well, I'm not sat with a guy. I'm, I'm, I'm puffing across the way from a guy and, 
And we're just kind of chatting. And he, he's, he just comes out with, he says, I, I, this world is so scary now. I don't know what's coming to it. He starts to talk his heart out. He's a businessman. And he's just saying, I don't know, everywhere seems to be a turmoil. And for a minute, I hear that deep tremble inside his heart. Is, this thing's running out of steam, running out of kilter. Do you understand? And here's the Prince of Peace hovering over all of his people saying, I'd like to give you the best gift in town. I'd like to give you my peace. Here it comes. And it's a commodity, if I can put it that way, that when it comes inside your heart, isn't just a sort of weird experience. Please hear me. I've had to train my heart to live under Abba's face towards me to find a a sort of an ongoing sense of, you know what, generally, I keep at peace. My goal is 24-7. My goal would be whatever comes, I'd like, he could not say that unless he intends us to discover how to have an untroubled heart. How many of you would like an untroubled heart to be the norm? You know, things kind of come up where there's personal, in the news, this happens, and inside you say, Father, I'm so grateful your face shines on me with affection, absolute care. And a desire is going to be different for me because I'm not going to have what this world gives. I'm going to have the kingdom of heaven, which is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. It would be great to pray for that, wouldn't it? You know, um, I believe this, and, and you can test it. See, I can only give away what I've received. Can't we? we, we I can't pretend as a Christian, I got joy, hallelujah, I have some joy. It, it just doesn't figure, does it? I can only give what I've received. And, and I, I, I'm aware that... <laughs> if only you knew my life, you'd know that this has not always been so. I'm aware that the degree to which I live in his affection and peace, my home with him, right here, right now, I'm living under his approval. I'm living under his affection. His face is towards me. I don't have to worry about you. Forgive me. Do you understand? I don't have to be troubled. Are you happy? I don't have to worry about that. Because his face is filling me with a sense of all's well with my soul. But you know what? The more at peace you are, then the second bit I want to mention tonight is this. It says this in Hebrews uh, 12. Forgive me, I haven't got all that. Hebrews 12, somewhere in the middle of Hebrews 12, which is a profound chapter. I think it's verse 16, but don't worry. Listen to what it says. It says, make every effort to be at peace with all men and women. Listen, make every effort to be at peace with all men and women, therefore. In other words, check all your relationships, because in this world, if you want to stay at peace, you need to make every effort to make sure your relationships are harmoniously reconciled, joined in good place. Ouch! Do you ever have trouble with people? Do you ever dislike them? You you know, you you, (laughs) lose... It's no good asking. You look so sanctified. But that's what the scripture constantly says. In fact, Romans, I think it's a verse in Romans says, as far as it's in your capability, live at peace with all men. But you know what I've found is I can't live at peace with Tim if I'm not, first of all, at home with this father's affectionate gaze on me. I can't do it. I haven't got anything in here to handle relationships 
um, you know, in a harmonious way. And so that's a real big deal in my life because how many of you guess the family of God is people? You can't come in a church, not a real church, and kind of sit there and do it blind. I'm not looking at you, I'm not looking at you, I don't care about you, I'm just here for me and Jesus. It just, there's more corporate scriptures in the New Testament than there are individual ones. Did you know that? So this is going to be about people. And then there's the world as well that needs loving. So make every effort means I've got to make an effort out of the place of peace that this Father is giving me in my journey with Him. And, and I've, I've realized um, sometimes I'm wrong with people. You, you all look stunned at that thought, but let me give you an example because it's got to work in my day, hasn't it? Hasn't it got to work, this peace? So, for instance, this is a little example that she won't mind me using. I hope. But sometimes, not very often, sometimes when I'm leaving home, I may have had a sharpish word with my beloved Sue. I, I, forgive me being so open. I may have had a sharpish word. I may have just crossed her with my I'm rightness. And because I'm right, there's nothing to be put right, I leave the home saying, bye-bye, I'll see you tonight. And I get in the car, and I now try to fellowship with this wonderful father who gazes on me with his love. And guess what? He doesn't seem to be very interested in us enjoying our normal friendship. And several times, forgive me, he's whispered, phone her and put it right. Honestly. I think, no, she's wrong. I don't need to. She's wrong. I know she's wrong because I was right. <laughs> and so, honestly, it's terrible. And I'm driving along thinking, okay, Father, let me just, it's like a, phone her. Honestly, phone her. It's quite difficult for a man sometimes to say, I was wrong. Is it just men? You women look so happy I said that. You like, yeah, we know that. You guys are really stubborn, aren't you? <laughs> so what I do is I kind of say, no, no, she doesn't need that because, you know, she's, she was wrong. And then what I do in the end, I think, oh, goodness, I really want to have this right. But he doesn't seem to allow this until I get this right. So I'll phone soon and say, I think, honey, look at me. Am I getting this okay? Because you can say if I'm wrong. Long time ago. Oh, you're so good. <laughs> and I, I just phone and say, I just say, honey, I'm sorry. I was a bit sharp in the car. Uh, I was a bit sharp. Please forgive me. You know what happens? It's extraordinary. I feel tender towards her. And this is instantly restored. Because he won't have this without make every effort. And sometimes I just have to say, you know what? I was wrong. I'm sorry. Wouldn't it be amazing if we did that more often in God's family? Oh, no, I wasn't wrong. They, 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 this sort of... I can't say I was wrong, it'll affect, you know, my whole identity. Well, you need healing inside, don't you? Because saying I was wrong is pretty fundamental, isn't it? Make every effort, what, to close the gap with everybody around you to the best ability you can. Make the effort, why? Because then peace will flow and God's delight will be in the peace that you made with other people as well. And you know, the other deal is also, it's the two sides of the coin, isn't it? Sometimes people are going to run over you in some way that really hurts, really makes you feel wounded and bruised inside. You know the deal. What are we meant to do? Say it again more loud. You didn't sound very sure. What are we meant to do? Forgive. 
I need reminding a thousand times, otherwise I have a whole tray full of little bits of bobs one day I'm going to bother with. But they can just sweat for a bit, because I'm still hurting. But God has spoken so many times to me, if I want to be part of his family, I've got to learn a lifestyle of forgiveness. And not in three weeks' time, you know, let them come under God's judgment for a time. Or whatever it is, you know, what, you know what, I'm not going to forgive too quickly because they really hurt me. Well, we get really hurt, don't we? If we've got any hearts. We really do, amongst God's people, at work. What I'm encouraging you to make every effort means the quicker I forgive, and I'm sorry, sometimes it's taken me, yikes, last year was a bad one, it took me about two weeks, three weeks, to really want to forgive somebody who, who just, just seemed, you know, ah. It was probably at least four weeks, actually. I'm sorry. But you, you know, it hurts. And you think, well, I'm not going to bother anymore. That's it. You know, I'm out. That's it. And, and you can feel the Lord saying, when are you going to do it? Well, you know what? I don't want to do it. It was too painful. Well, I've forgiven you. All of your rubbish. Do you want me to put it up on the screen? No, I'll forgive. <laughs> Why? Because it's so important. Because God is after reconciling relationships because that's where his presence comes more and more strongly is this making any sense I'm trying make every effort to be at peace and I'm actually convinced that in this city God is calling men and women to be ambassadors of reconciliation that is he wants you to go so far with his peace that actually you become one of his ambassadors bringing heaven into relationships more and more and the body of Christ becomes more and more until some beautiful oneness begins to emerge out of the whole of his church in this city because I tell you what, then the world will be stunned by his church. Won't it? I mean the world does fracture and conflict and you know, turning away and withdrawing, doesn't it? It does it beautifully well, that's the trouble. Don't you think the Holy Spirit wants to so fill us and flood us that we're so often closing gaps that God's presence increases upon his people and a bride emerges in the city? Would you, do you understand ambassador of reconciliation? They're the kind of guys who go out ahead with heaven's culture and get into situations that I'd like to help close that gap. Can, can I make a bridge? Can I, can I bring some of his peace into this? Because it will be a victory for heaven if we can see a reconciliation come here. In most roomfuls, amazingly, and I'm not accusing, often about 70% of people need to do some forgiving. That's just the national average in most roomfuls. 70% need to do some forgiving. Or saying, I was wrong. You know, it was me. I was wrong. I was wrong. I, picking the phone up to see, why do I wait half an hour? Because there's a bit of pride in me that doesn't want to be wrong. I want to be right. Makes me feel better for a short time. <laughs> but I have to go home and face you. All right. So I, I, I think it's a beautiful thing if we can ask the Holy Spirit to kind of just, I don't know, bring his peace more deeply inside. If Jesus is saying, my peace I give to you, I expect to get it. My peace I leave with you. Um, I don't want to leave you like orphans. I want to leave you so under a father's smiling embrace.
So in the years ahead, you men and women are ambassadors of reconciliation. I'm going to ask you a difficult question. How many of you here would like to be an ambassador of reconciliation? I'm going to put my hand up. I want to be. You don't have to. I just want to insert to see who here feels that kind of, okay, there's quite a bunch of you. It's a precious, precious thing to do is to step into a gap and say, I want to help close it because I've got some of heaven's peace in me. I'm not talking about the body of Christ only. It could be work. It could be your family. There are fractured families that need ambassadors to believe that they can get in there like Jesus and say, I'm going to lose peace into this situation and the kingdom's going to come. That would be something. I remember the disciples locked in the upper room in fear after Jesus' resurrection. Remember that quick story, John, John, whatever it is, end of John. And they're all locked in the room and it's like, are you so identified, don't you? They're kind of like terrified because all the guys out there, you know, they're after the Christians and Jesus, they don't know what's happened there. And they're in fear in the room. <laughs> you know, these guys have been with Jesus for crying out loud, but they're just, just in fear. And suddenly Jesus walks into the room. The Prince of Peace has come. And what does he do? He says twice to them, Peace be with you. Twice. And I'm trying to learn to quickly invite the Prince of Peace into my most stormiest of moments so that my heart can settle under his fathering provision to me. I'm trying to learn that. Peace. A harmonious relationship restored. What should we do? Should we pray a bit? The neat thing is I don't have to psych it up or whip it up to say, Holy Spirit, I'd like you to kind of like pour this into my heart like a river. You know that funny song? I do this to Tim way too much. I say that funny song because I can't remember the song. It is well with my soul. Shalom. Would you like to stand up and maybe we could just sing and pray a bit? Would you like to stand up? Is that all right to do that?